Hello and welcome to this week's Pooley Podcast, View from the Vic, uh, with myself, Richard Manier, and I'm joined as ever by Dominic Scare, our Hack United reporter. Dom, welcome to another Pooley Podcast. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, been a couple of weeks away, so nice to be back recording the podcast and um, been a disappointing few weeks for Pools, um, to be honest, but hopefully uh, back to winning ways, back at Victoria Park this weekend as they take on Exeter. Yeah, well, uh, should we get straight into it then with the uh, looking back at the Oldham, Oldham draw at the weekend. Obviously, a lot of the build-up um, from the Oldham end was obviously a lot of the focus on their fan unrest and things like that. I know there were some protests outside the ground uh, against their current owners, a lot of unhappy fans over there. We've obviously seen that in the northeast as well recently. Um, what, what was the mood like before the game, John, outside? Was it... Uh... Was it fairly feisty? Or? Yeah, it was lively. There was a couple of couple of bangs. It was almost like gunshots were going off even when I was in the ground. Obviously, there wasn't. But um, it was yeah, feisty is probably the best way to describe it. Passionate. It, I mean, football clubs. When football clubs are at stake, fans mean a lot to them. So we've seen at Hartlepool, we've seen at other clubs in the northeast as well. Um, how fans rally around for one cause to support the club and oppose. What they see is poor ownership, let's say. And to be fair, being a bit of a trouble club Oldham this season, and even on the pitch, it hasn't um, really transpired or worked for them. Um, just just one win in the opening games. I hadn't won or hadn't even picked up a point at Boundary Park before the hosted Hartlepool. And you hoped that sort of fan unrest wouldn't bubble over and impact the game as it did in Oldham's previous home game against Barrow. Unfortunately, it didn't. There was a banner displayed during the game, which is, I mean, banners are displayed at Victoria Park all the time, positive ones, fortunately, but um, and a plane flew over the ground in the opening minutes, in the fourth minute, I think it was. But other than that, didn't really impact things on the pitch. It was just a shame pools were off the pace and as Dave Chalner said it was probably their least effective performance this season is had a few half chances Mark Shelton hit the post but against a team in Oldham who were there for the taking that lost 3-0 against Barrow 4-0 against Leighton Orient got beat 7-0 in the Carabao Cup in midweek I mean to draw nil nil with them even though Pools are newly promoted side probably seen as disappointing but it's one of them Dave Chalner said after the game as he always does after what you could argue is a disappointing draw. If you manage to back it up with a win the next weekend or the next game, then it makes that one point seem like a, a better point overall. And uh, what, what did you make of the, the new sign that came in? Obviously, Jordan Cook um, is uh, arrived as well, hasn't he? Lawler's gone out, new striker as well. Um, are you happy with the business done over the last week or so with pools, or do you think more needs to be done before Christmas? And I mean, they've now got what eight forwards on the book, so it's unlikely that you know, numbers wise, he, he's well stocked, isn't he? He can mm. cows come home until quality wise, and whether you know they should have gone all out to try and keep Armstrong and maybe not, uh, not have eight strikers on the books instead, but I suppose that's a it's a wider debate around wage structures and all those kind of things and whether Armstrong would have even signed for pools and whether he would have preferred to have gone for Arabic and stuff. But, but yeah, ultimately they've now got eight forwards on the, on the, in the squad, haven't they? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. You say, does more need to be done? I'd argue yes, but it's been a situation for me where it's been quantity over quality for pools in this window. We see with Jake Lola going out, probably a, 
naivety, let's say, in, in the transfer window. Poole's first, or Dave Chalner's first transfer window as a manager, it was more a case of bringing bodies in rather than the right bodies, let's say. And I think this striker situation epitomises that. We've got Will Goodwin, Fela Alamula, Mark Cullen, Joe Gray, who's been at the club for a while, obviously injured. Now Mike Fondup and Jordan Cook. You, you look at these players and are any of them going to reach the figures that you touched on Luke Armstrong? Luke Armstrong reached reach last season, scoring 32 goals between them. I doubt it. Um, hopefully one of them does and one of them needs to step up to the plate. But I was speaking on BBC T's last night and I think the situation is not dissimilar to where we were at this time last year with the likes of Mason Bloomfield and David Parkhouse where neither of them are really scoring and it was like... We need that marquee signing almost, that, that striker who, you know, with some degree of certainty is going to get in the right area, is going to get chances to score goals. And at the moment, it's not really happened for any of Pools' strikers so far. Will Goodwin obviously had a promising debut scoring, but since then has been hot and cold really and hasn't scored since. Mike Fondup obviously comes with a decent reputation in the National League. I always rated him as a was a good National League target man, something different up front, a bit bit of physicality, someone who will be that focal point, relieve the pressure. We saw it Oldham, Pooh's playing long balls forward within the opening minutes of the game. And it, it didn't always stick to Mike Fondup, but throughout the game, he did grow into it and um, started creating a couple of chances for himself. Had a spectacular overhead kick, which uh, went wide of the post, but he's ambitious. He'd probably back himself, he said in his... Uh, interview with the club website he, he wants to play like Messi and Ronaldo which I mean probably says everything you want to know about his character but he's he's one of those players obviously had a spell at Burton last year in League One two goals in 17 he's not going to be prolific I think he scored had a decent season at Chesterfield a few years ago where he scored 10 in 29 so sort of a, a one in three player in the National League been at Halifax and Wrexham previously and he's a player who from a goal scoring perspective, I probably wouldn't say is the answer, but he's certainly an option that gives Poole something different in that final third and will hopefully bring in players like Luke Molyneux, Gav Holohan, when he's fit, players who will bring move forward from the sort of midfield positions, from the wide positions, and be able to use Fondop as a folly in um free up space for themselves. So hopefully him coming in will give Pools that other option. Jordan Cook's an interesting one, I think, for me. Don't want to write him off too early. He came on, didn't really make much of an impact in the game. But again, it wasn't the type of game where he's going to, you want to see him get a decent run of games before passing proper judgment on him. But obviously I follow Gator quite closely. Didn't set the world alight there. One in 10 for them and not, overly positive reports from there but then again at Grimsby his previous spell in League 2 probably the level he sees himself at rather than the National League North scored 8 in 49 he's not prolific like Fondup really but seems to have a reasonable reputation at Grimsby um, fairly held in fairly high regard there so hopefully he's one player who can help Pools sort of score a few more goals because like one in the last four they haven't been prolific Tyler Bury a winger is the top scorer Gav Hollihan 
midfielder, second top scorer, both out injured at the moment. So Pools need to find an answer sooner rather than later. But at the moment, it's difficult to see who's going to be that answer, if you like. Um, Dave Chandler's trying different combinations, seeing what's going to work. And I expect that to continue for the time being. It's hard to say who's going to start up front with any degree of certainty for the weekend, really. And um, it's just up to one of these players to step up and, and be that man. But like you say, the free agent market, which Chandler is still looking at, you're going to do well late September, early October to find a striker who is without the club, who's been without the club all summer, who's going to be the answer to your attacking problems. So it's going to be hard, but I think for Pools, it's going to be a case of working with what they've got until January, really, without, unless they get very, very lucky in terms of bringing in a free, another free agent, which I unfortunately can't really see being the case. I know they haven't, they haven't released it as other in terms of the length of these contracts of the permanent deals for... Mike Fonda or, or Jordan Cook, but um, you'd assume that would be relatively short term. Um, as I said, that, that information has not, not yet been released by Pools. Um, Cook's 31 as well, isn't he? So, you know, he, he, does have a, he doesn't have a great, as you alluded to, a great goal scoring record in the, in the Football League for sure. Um, but Dave Chandler was keen to bring in that bit of extra experience, I guess, into the squad as well, wasn't he? And I think he could have a role to play there, possibly. Yeah, well, he's he's a bit adaptable, you have to say. Like, he's not necessarily an out-and-out striker. He's played in an advanced midfield role, number 10 at times. So he is, again, like Fondop, something different. But Pools need goals at the moment. And I, I'm not sure any of the strikers they've got in are, are, are going to be the answer in terms of that. You just hope to find the right combination where players are able to contribute at least a decent amount. So as a whole, the team are able to benefit and win games because we've seen the past few games, it's been quite desperate up front at times. The chances created hasn't really been a problem. At Oldham, it was a bit touch and go at times. They still managed to get some decent balls in the box, but Jamie Sterry, David Ferguson, the quality of the balls and the consistency of the balls they put into the box on a weekly basis is just screaming out for a... Don't want to hang up on it too much, but a Luke Armstrong type type striker. Um, obviously, Pools were desperate to bring him back, but to be honest, he was never Pools' player. So you probably failed to find an adequate replacement for him in terms of that goal poacher who's just going to attack everything that comes into the box. And speaking to Joe Allen the other day, who would be a player of his ilk, Pools would love at the moment. And he, he was saying... It's just about getting the balls in the box. Like if if it doesn't go in, it's not the player who crosses its fault. It's 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 the striker's fault. He'll take responsibility for that. And like players of like him would just be loving to be in this pool side at the moment with the chances they're able to create from out wide and the quality of the balls are put in. And it's it's just about finding that right combination for me. And yeah, like I say at the moment, will Jordan Cook be that man? You hope he is. You wish every player the best. Obviously, you want every player to succeed at pools, but you can only go on track records and what you hear from other people who've worked with him closely. And it's it's difficult to sort of see where where the answer is with any real certainty at the moment. Just moving to um, off the field then, um, Stephen Hobbin, the new um, CEO at Pools, uh, obviously appointed recently. He's been doing a couple of interviews this week, hasn't he, after his 
after his appointment at the club, um, in depth about the club situation, sort of his plans for it, um, and, and everything around around that. You're obviously an experienced football man. He's been at various clubs before. Um, what did you make of his first first couple of interviews? What what he was saying and the kind of tone of it as well. I think it, it made sense. It's probably what what Pools needed. He was saying all the right things, which. I feel like anyone in this position doesn't get into this position if they don't say the right things, to be honest. Um, he's obviously got experience at the likes of Cheltenham recently, Preston, Blackburn, Norwich. So, albeit in a commercial background, but he's he's no schmuck, let's say. He's, he's well-experienced, well-versed in the football game. So, what he was saying for me was was very grounded, very self-aware in what needs doing at pools. He said the rough around the edges... Stadium needs a, a lick of paint, but more importantly, you'd rather have all the staff pulling in the right direction, working together, um, knowing the rules, communicating properly with fans, getting the customer service element of the club right, building from the ground up. And for me, he, what probably was the most important thing, he wasn't necessarily interested in giving popular fan-pleasing answers every time, build his own in, like ego and impression with the fans as such it was more like you say being grounded being realistic in, in what the club needs because Hartlepool fans aren't stupid they've heard it all before like they've heard projects with frivolous names just people talk a good game and you can talk as much as you want people want to see action stability honesty transparency and that trust built up and what he said so far I think there's gone a, a long way to doing that but like you say, I think actions will speak louder than words and we'll see where we are in, in three months' time, the steps taken, because he'll then have the chance to get his feet under the desk, actually work with people, work with fans, media, people like that, and um, actually try and make a difference at the club, because I think the past 12, 18 months, really, the hierarchy after Raj Singh has been unclear, to say the least, really. We've had... Martin Jesper in, Phil King, Lee Rust, all doing various rules, but no clear direction or leadership, really. Um, no offence to them, it was just the nature of what they were in to do. And I think some, that's something Stephen Hogan was was very honest about. And he he knows he's there to, to be that figurehead, to take charge of the day-to-day -day operations at the club. And I think... It's an important appointment, important Poole's got someone in with experience. Obviously, he's, he's sort of new to that chief executive, chief operations officer, whatever you want to call it, game. But the fact that he's worked at clubs higher up the level in senior positions, albeit in a commercial, from a commercial perspective, um, bodes well. And it's just just about seeing, seeing what happens uh, from here. But I don't think I ever expected him to give a bad interview or say the wrong things I, I think like I say with someone of his, his experience was always going to make a positive impression early on and it's just about turning that positive impression into actual results at the club and making the club better to continue this sort of crest of the wave the the pool uh, the pool's on at the moment where being promoted the fans the relationship with the fans of the club couldn't be any closer at the moment. Dave Chalner has built up such a camaraderie and um, it's it's been great to see. So in theory, it should be a fairly straightforward job for him to, to continue building that. But like I say, that's easier said than done.
Indeed, early doors, but we obviously wish uh, Stephen Hobbin all the very best at pools. Um, and like you said, there's been a distinct lack of structure off the pitch, hasn't there, for a long time there. So uh, yeah. hopefully he'll bring uh, a lot of that to the club. And, uh, and yeah, we'll assess how he's done in three to six months or so. Um, and hopefully we'll uh, get to speak to him soon as well. That'll be good. So we wish him well. And um, the other big talking point, obviously, for the last 17 months has been Dave Chandler's contract on. Um Updates of sorts the last couple of weeks, and there's only a few days away. We're still still waiting for confirmation of that. Uh, he was obviously speaking very confidently that it that it would be done. Uh, I know you obviously you did a piece this week around kind of why why pools are still waiting. Um, just a case of crossing the I's and dotting the T's, or is there a bit more to it in terms of wanting reassurances around certain things? Do you think before he fully commits? Yeah, I think a bit of both. Let's say I think Dave Chalan like. The past every time I've spoke to him in the past few weeks has been, yeah, it's basically done. It it's going to get done. No doubt in my mind it will get done. That's his words, not mine. And um, basically just saying it's a few days away. It, he he actually said it's days, not weeks away. Two weeks ago, so that does I say alarm bells ringing is probably too strong, but it does make you think what's actually going on. What, but I believe Chandler's fairly content with the sort of financial side of the contract and pretty much all of the personal terms. It's more around the club itself, pools the direction they're going in. The staff, obviously, they've been bare-bones staff behind the scenes. They've lost goalkeeper coach, um, assistant manager, um, Joe Parkinson and um, Buster as well will be leaving the club. So it's just about assurances around staffing, guarantees, because... Chalner doesn't want to be a one-man band, if you like, just sort of trying to keep Poole's movement forward on his own. He wants the right structure in place, the right staff in place, the right team to help continue building that momentum, building Poole's as a club and giving them the best chance, not only to stay in League Two, but to progress potentially and start challenging for promotion to League One as well. And um, just (laughs) finally... Yeah, sorry, just sort of finding then looking, looking ahead to the weekend and also just on the injury front. Um, interesting comments from Dave Chandler around Gary Little and um, sort of managing him. And I suppose it's worth remembering just how many games Gary Little's played <laughs> over his football career. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's obviously, what, 35, is he, I think, Gary Little? Um, yeah. Six games under his belt. Um, a relentless 2021 so far, obviously with the playoffs ending in June and then pre-season. I think he played most of that, didn't he? And then started and you quickly the run of um, Saturday Tuesday games in League Two level. So, um, but he's a key key player, isn't he? For pools, so um, keeping him motoring and, and fit in the centre of defence is absolutely key for for Dave Chalmers. Yeah, massive. I think since he's came to the club, sort of December 2019, January 2019 time, Dave Chalmers was still new to the club, and he's just been such a linchpin in the, that heart of the defence. Such a crucial player at pools. I always like a Gary Little start where he barely ever lost a game when he, when he started for Pools and then hadn't lost a game at, at Victoria Park. He still hasn't lost a league game at Victoria Park since March 2020, I think it is, which is a ridiculous record um, for a player of, of his age, let's say. And he spoke quite openly, playing what was last season, a full year season, if you like, in terms of pre-season coming back. And then that season lasting until as late as June with the playoffs. And then to have what was pretty much a two-week break and then getting right back into it. He said, look, 
at 34, 35, that's probably the last thing he needed. And then playing every week, he's played every league game so far this season. And like you say, the Saturday, Tuesdays, the quick turnarounds, playing every week at a higher level as well. You, National League, there are some very good teams at that level, but sometimes you do get a bit more space, a bit more time, particularly as a defender. But League Two level, that step up is absolutely noticed, uh, particularly on a game-to-game basis anyway. And it, it, it is tougher. Um, Gary Little will know that well. And at 35, he will be feeling it. He's had a tender night this year, which will obviously impact his, his movement, his probably pace, his ability to uh, turn quickly and, and stuff like that. And he, at 35, wasn't the fastest player anyway. So Dave Channel was fairly open in saying, look, if it gets to the point where it's negatively impacting pools as important a player as Gary Little is, if he can't show that mobility um, for 90 minutes, then he may need to come out the team just for a couple of games rest, get back at it. Um, Cause like you say, he's not getting any younger, although a lot of the pools players do call him Benjamin Button. Cause he just seems to um, maintain such a level of consistency and play every week. But I think the past couple of weeks we have seen a little bit of that, the sort of body catching up to you, if you like. Although I still think at Oldham, at times while there was signs of him struggling, let's say, I thought he was defensively Pools' best plan, thoroughly deserved being named man of the match uh, from BBC T Sport. And um, I handed him man of the match myself. I thought he was excellent. But like you say, from a mobility point of view, Pools are so high pressing. Um, like reactive in terms of the defending, getting back. If you've got someone who doesn't have the mobility, it, it can hamper things slightly. So I think it's just a case of pools being safe. It's not a serious issue at the moment, but it's just about managing that injury and making sure it doesn't impact the team or Gary Little negatively on a sort of larger scale for more games between now and the end of the season. Good stuff. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday oh, what was it? afternoon. Um, Dave Chalmers due to speak to the press Friday morning ahead of the game against Exeter at the Vic. Back at the Vic, can Pools make it another win on Saturday afternoon? Don will be there providing um, all the usual coverage for the Hartlepool Mail. And um, please do look at the, the Mail site for all the details about around subscriptions and stuff. If you uh, want to subscribe to the Mail, if you value what we do here at the the mail around pools that would be much appreciated um just a final very quick word then dom just on exeter and um, gonna be tough on this isn't it because i think they've got a decent away record and obviously pools have a very very good home record yeah they're doing very well i think the level on points with pools on a decent run the scoring goals not conceding goals which pools as good as the home form has been you look one one goal in the last four games albeit three of them have been away but it's about carrying on that home form if they can um, it's a remarkable record they've got at Victoria Park 18 wins in 20 games which is is ridiculous it's the best home record in the country like we keep saying but Exeter are a tough team I'd say one of the toughest opponents Pools will have faced so far in terms of not only personnel wise but the sort of role they're on at the moment where they are scoring goals that just above them in the table it's going to be a tricky one um, but one pools, if they're well backed, which they will be by the supporters, hopefully someone up front or s- some player, whether it be Jamie Sterry, like he did 
in the last home game, some player is able to pop up with that crucial goal to see them over the line and get that fifth home win in five to start the League Two season, then that would be great to see. But like I say, it will be a tough test. It's obviously a long journey for Exeter. Um, Pools played them when they were back in the National League, when it was in the FA Cup. Drew 2-2 down there, came from 2-0 behind and then beat Exeter after extra time. So they have some experience with them, but obviously pools have changed a lot since then. Exeter have changed quite a bit since then as well. So it's one of them where tough to call. Obviously, pools, you expect, we've got to the point now where any home game you expect pools to win just because of the record they're on. But it's going to be tough. League 2 is not easy and Exeter are going to be very tough opponents for them. And when you haven't got a recognised striker who you go is going to score your goals, then it's always going to be tough. So there's questions Pools have to answer, but there's no reason why uh, they can't answer them this weekend against Exeter. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Dom. Pleasure as always. Uh, we'll be back next week with our latest uh, Pooley podcast view from the Vic. Uh, as ever, we would love to have any Pools fans on. Um, so if you fancy um, taking part, then just drop yourself or Dom a message on Twitter. Um, you can find us easily enough. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed for another decent performance or even just a win, to be honest. We take a win, wouldn't we? Don't <laughs> bother how they play Saturday as long as they win. Um, to um, to build on what's been a fairly solid start to life back in League Two. Um, so yeah, head to the website for all the latest pools news and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>